You're listening to Blaze, the go-to podcast for trailblazing entrepreneurs and anyone passionate about doing business differently. My name is Megan, and together with my guests, I'm pulling back the curtain to bring you the conversations that normally happen behind closed doors. We're sharing practical tips, no BS advice, and inspiring stories to remind you that no matter where you are on your business journey, you're not in this alone. Welcome to our community. Welcome to the Blaze Podcast. Hey friends, welcome back to the Blaze Podcast. I'm so excited you're here for today's conversation. Today we have on Ashley Crow of Crow Copywriting. And Ashley is someone that I have wanted to have on the podcast since I first started. She was one of the first names that popped into my head because she is such a great example of someone who's really doing business and doing life differently. So today you're going to get to hear her story of how and why she started her business, how her and her husband ended up selling their house buying an RV and traveling around the States full time with her two little boys in tow. And you know how Ashley has balanced that and balanced running a business full time while also retiring her husband and homeschooling, or as they call it, unschooling their kids as well. So this is such a good conversation, especially for any moms listening and who are curious about, you know, balancing being a business owner and being a mom, how to make time for your business without sacrificing time with your family, you know, how how being a mom really shapes business and also just like productivity. Anyone who's curious about productivity, whether you're a mom or not, maybe some of you who are listening and are like me and Ashley who just like don't vibe with the the typical productivity advice, I think you're really going to love this episode because we're really diving into, you know, how to create a routine when you're someone who hates routines. And I just love this conversation so much. It turned to a really beautiful talk about, you know, redefining what success looks like for you and for your family as well. So without further ado, let's dive in. Ashley, thank you so much for being here with me today. I'm so excited to chat with you. Yay. I'm excited to chat too. This is my first podcast. I know. I'm so excited. I'm honored to have you on. I'm honored to be the first person interviewing you on a podcast. So let's start with something simple and give everyone the backstory on how you ended up here, both you know in your life and your business, because the two are so intertwined. But we'll start with the business side of things. So how did you get into copywriting? I was um, doing the whole stay-at-home mom thing. Uh, I have three kids, and the youngest just turned four. And I've been doing copywriting for about three years. And so it really, the driver was being able to stay home with the kids and still make really good money. I've always enjoyed writing. And it was just, I ran across it in like an ad because I love really good marketing and I'm a sucker for it too. And, um, and so I ran across the idea of copywriting in an ad. I took a course. Um, it was Sarah Turner's Right Your Way to Freedom. And it really kickstarted the whole thing. And this was after researching several different avenues of uh, options for staying home and making decent money, including some data science that was a failed attempt. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and writing just clicked. It all clicked with me. And um, like I said, I'm, I love good marketing. I, I will sit through a sales pitch and just grin the whole time because it's just fun. 
to me. We and do, I'm, we do. Right, like I love it. Like, you know, anyone who's sell me on a timeshare, okay. <laughs> Give me your- I love timeshare pitches. I love it. I am so easily sold on anything like travel or vacation related, but I do love that it was actually an ad that got you into- copy in the marketing world, I feel like that's very it's kind of meta almost, but you've come full circle now that you're the one writing the copy. So I want to talk about you are someone who has, I feel like, niched down really well. You are an email marketer for early childhood e-com brands, which is like so specific, but so you, I can't even explain it. Like if you go on Ashley's website, which we will link in the show notes, you can just tell like you have this passion for what you do, which of course comes from being a mom um, and working with those brands and trusting them with your own kids and your own family. But I would love to know, like, what was that process like? So you took this course and then how did you end up, you know, where you are now? Like, what was the next step when you got started? Were you more general? Like, what was the first couple months like? One great thing about the course that she said is that any niche can be profitable. And I know that's, that is debatable, uh, but it really did. I, I think it's true. I do think it's true. I think if you have the the passion and determination, like, as long as it's not something incredibly specific, like there's a business out there for everything. I think you can make it work. Right. Like people need all of these things. And if it's something that you're interested in that you would buy, there's other people who would buy it too, who need it too. And that really left the door open to follow my passions instead of just trying to follow the money. And um, yeah, I come, I've, I'm a mom. I have three kids and I come from a background of um, being interested in Montessori and childhood development and uh, having brands that I have used that I have loved and see the value of. And so it was, it was an easy choice for me to kind of take that route and uh, help promote brands that I already think are doing amazing work and have a lot of value for parents. Parents need those breaks in their day. They need that information about best parenting practices, whichever way you fall in whatever parenting philosophy you follow. There's so many, but they all come back to just um, all of these products come back to being helpful, trying to help both parents and kids. And, and it called to me. It was, it's fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's the most important factor. I always say we should follow the fun in our businesses, like whatever lights you up. That's a good place to start. And it's obviously worked out well for you. I do believe in following the, you know, the passion over the profit. Like, I don't think you should choose your niche based on money, like you said, because I think that's a surefire way to end up kind of hating your job. Um, And I think there's also something to be said for niching or choosing a niche that you yourself belong to as a parent, right? It gives you a deeper understanding of the customers you're trying to target too. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I am doing market research indirectly all the time because I am in parenting groups. I am following uh, other parenting influencers that I find interesting. And while it doesn't always line up exactly with me and my beliefs and my style. I am being exposed to parents all day. And so voice of customer is just built right into my daily life. And it's, it's easier to connect to these brands, um, being a consumer myself. 
Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's the same for me in my business, like working with female founders and being one myself, like the conversations I have all the time with friends are almost the same I'm having with clients. So I'm just picturing you, Ashley, in your like day to day life with your little notebook, taking voice of customer notes at like, you know, playtime sessions with your friends and with other moms. Like, is that what you're doing? Like, what are you are you looking out for certain things in those conversations or what does that look like? There are certainly times when like someone will say something and I'm like, ooh, that's so smart. (laughs) I should put that in this landing page or uh, use that in this ad. I also just, I save Facebook ads and Instagram ads all day long because not only are they targeting me because I'm their ideal customer, but they're, um, they're speaking to the ideal customers of my clients as well. And, um, and that's, I, I keep a pretty pretty uh, robust swipe file. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love a good swipe file. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Something that you know, really struck me as well. Actually, I don't even even realize this, but when I was reading your bio, like you're in third person bio, it actually says Ashley is a mom, an email marketer and a copywriter. And I just thought it was so interesting and worth pointing out that you put mom first because that is like your most important title. And it's something that you know, makes its way into your business. I think so many people have trouble balancing like all the different roles and you've brought them all together so beautifully. So I would love to hear if you have any, you know, tips for people who are moms as well, trying to run their business, grow their business, being pulled in a million different directions at once. What has that been like for you? It was really important to me to put mom in my bio. There's other people and some advice I've even gotten that says, like, don't, don't do that. Like you don't, they don't need to know that you have this other responsibility. Oh, I wonder. Okay. I'm sorry. I just have to, I had to cut in here and say, I wonder if they ever say that to dads. Like, do you think any man has ever been told, don't put that you're a father in your professional bio. It gives people the wrong idea about your professionalism. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous because the whole thing is that like, oh, well, you wouldn't be able to dedicate as much time to them because because you're a mom. And it's like, no, that's an important part of who I am. And a big reason why I built this business in this way. And and in my case, in my niche, it is a pro. But even if I didn't go into this, like I'm that's not a part of me I want to hide. That is a huge identifier of who I am of the journey I've traveled over the last almost nine years and um gosh because yeah my oldest is about to be nine (laughs) which is mind-blowing but yeah it's a it's a large part of who I am and so I think embracing that uh is is really it it was really important to me it's not something I want to hide and um and looking for clients who so many of them are also parents, especially in my niche, but even, I mean, just across the world, <laughs> we, all of us parents are all figuring out how to balance time commitments and children and household chores and working with people who understand that, who get that. It just makes a world of difference. And so if I, if that was something I was hiding, what good does that do? 
Yeah. I, I personally love that you have it in your bio. Like you just said it, right? Your kids are your why. They're a huge part of why you started this business. And it also lets your ideal clients know that you share those same values, right? Like as a fellow parent. And I think the right people are going to see that. And it's going to be like an added bonus that, <laughs> that you're a parent. It's not something that's going to take away from your responsibility. If anything, it only adds. And personally, I think, you know, the whole objection of moms having, you know, more to juggle, more responsibilities, not as committed to work. I think if anything, it's the opposite because I look at moms that are also entrepreneurs running their business. And I think like, it's so much more impressive that you're doing that on top of raising a family. If anything, you are queens of time management and, and getting shit done. So I just want, I just want to say that as well. I'm so impressed with you and all the women like you doing this. So I want to talk about time management specifically, Ashley, because you and I, one thing we have always bonded over is our shared hatred of routines and schedules. Mm -hmm. And obviously, as business owners, you know, some level of structure and boundaries is definitely helpful. But I think you and I are both more fluid than maybe the average entrepreneur. So do you want to share a bit about like maybe what your typical week looks like or your approach to like for teens in general and maybe how that shifted over time as well? Uh, it hasn't shifted much over time. <laughs> I've, I've always been just kind of a hater of routine and the norm and I've, I've never been able to find that right rhythm that other people seem to talk about and like the the morning routines and the Ugh, morning routines yeah time blocking your day I just uh, it makes my skin crawl I just can't I, I need more fluidity um so I, but you also have to manage your time and you have a lot of different projects going on and you're trying to uh, make doctor's appointments too and plan your next vacation and whatever. Like you, you, you've got to sit down and do some planning. I love to plan. It just has to stay loose. So I do like weeks at a time <laughs> where I'll sit down and kind of lay out what I have to do throughout the week. And I'll even put those tasks on certain days, but it's very much with the understanding that things are going to move and shift and if I get pulled away from work early one day, I don't feel like my whole week is out of whack. I can, yeah. I can shift things around, move things around and still make it work. And um, yeah, that's, that's what I need. I, I tend to front load my little paper planner on Mondays and then just like cross them out with little arrows and keep moving them throughout the week until they get a check mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm the same. I prefer a weekly over a daily to do list because it gives you that extra flexibility. And it's like, you're still getting the important stuff done. But yeah, the time blocking and the even like the theme days and stuff like that has never really, really worked for me. So do you have any other advice for people like you and me who feel really like constrained by the typical productivity advice? Like how are you what's your process like for planning your week? Is it just like make a big list on Monday and then see where you can fit fit it all in? Kind of. I start earlier than that. I like to like make my big list on Friday evening. Um, so I'm not thinking about it over the weekend because it's already been laid out for me. And then I, honestly, sometimes I'll sit down on Monday and open it and be like, oh, I forgot <laughs> what I had to do. Yeah, I um, I just sit down and think about everything I have going on. I tr I have gotten better about putting time in for my own business and actually writing that down because that is 
Yeah. Like every entrepreneur, like your own business tends to take a backseat to client work and, and that doesn't help you grow that it just keeps you in a cycle of, um, staying where you are working on client work and never getting to that outreach or never getting to that new branding. And, and so you, you have to write that in too. So how do you find time for those CEO tasks for the needle moving stuff in your own business? Like, where do you put that in? I know for me, I always schedule Fridays. It's like my no client work days. And before I did that, I was, I was never getting to my own stuff. So do you fit that in on like a weekly basis? Like how has that been for you? My Mondays tend to be admin days. And then my Fridays tend to be CEO days. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, okay. Thursday is um, full of client work. And that, that does help. I, it leaves Friday open. That's the only thing is I can get that creep into Friday where if I didn't have everything wrapped up, it does kind of mm-hmm. start to um, infringe. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of infringing that goes on. That's my motivation for me is like, today's Thursday, so I have to finish this because I do not want to be working on it tomorrow because then I get in the habit of letting things creep over the deadline. So to me, I'd rather, you know, maybe work a bit later into the evening on Thursday and know that yeah. Friday is like yeah. my time for my business. It always feels better when I know I've gotten everything done or that I'll have like just maybe an hour on Friday to wrap everything up because I do also... I have a hard stop in the evening. That's that's part of the family and like making sure I am away from work and getting to do family time. So so that's also really important to me is to maintain that hard stop. My husband is now the stay-at-home parent, which has been fabulous. But he needs he likes routine. He needs routine. And not he's not like a stickler for it, but he's he doesn't have that same hatred of it that I do. And so it's really helped him for me to like have that hard stop when he knows I'm gonna be done. And and yeah, it just opens up my evenings to do all the family stuff I want to do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you guys have an added layer of complexity too, because you're also homeschooling, or as you like to call it, unschooling your kids as well. So I want to talk about that a little bit. Will you tell us like why, first of all, what does unschooling mean? And then second of all, how did you guys like reach that decision? And what has it been like? We came into homeschooling. It was something we were already interested in, but a little wary of until COVID. And then the kids were home all the time. They were all three of them were right there. And I realized I wasn't going to completely lose my mind. I could (laughs) take care of all three of them during the entirety of the day and um, retain my sanity. And we were like, well, let's do this then. Let's just do homeschooling. Um, But we just talked about the hatred of schedules and routine. And so like trying and my kids have some of that as well. And so trying to like sit down at the kitchen table with workbooks and me giving a lesson was never going to work. They are just, they are very just no mom. Mom is not teacher. Yeah. They're too much like their mother. <laughs> they are. Um, so in all my research of homeschooling, I ran across this idea of unschooling, um, which sounds like you're not doing anything, but uh, it's a, a better phrase for it is child led 
education. Oh, okay. I think I understand it in a way I did not before. And I actually, I love the definition. I like unschooling too. It's got kind of a rebel vibe, but child-led learning. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. So it really, you don't use a curriculum by default. You might end up picking up a curriculum if your kid is interested in something and there's one that matches their interest and your style of homeschooling. It's not anti-curriculum it's just you don't default to a curriculum and it really lets the kids kind of explore what they want to explore there are families who do more screen time and families who choose to do no screen time Uh, it's a really it's really flexible which I need and they appreciate and um, and the learning happens naturally it's fascinating to watch just how much when when there's not like school hours, when learning just happens throughout the day, um, the, they absorb it and are interested in it. And it's not a chore. And hopefully it's creating a lifelong love of learning for them, which is the ultimate goal. Yeah. It's such a completely different approach than the traditional education system and I think it's yeah it's so beautiful to to see and I'm sure your kids enjoy it more as well there's a really fun parallel between how you run your business and how you're teaching your kids as well to not view learning and you know quote unquote working at school like homework and all that as a boring chore that they have to do but you're actually instilling like an enjoyment for it and there's something we can learn from that as adults too I think I mean my entire university program was what they called self-directed learning so kind of like a similar approach where like the students took the lead and the professors were just there to quote-unquote facilitate our learning Um, and I loved it I found it so much more effective than just like memorizing and then regurgitating facts on like a multiple choice exam Um, I think there's so much to be said about like learning from a place of fun and enjoyment and like following your interests and yeah I can see that applying to our businesses as well what do you think definitely yes there's a lot of um of unlearning that we have to do as adults to get to that point and I think entrepreneurs specifically have to go through that process of refinding joy um figuring out like a schedule that works for you where you have the freedom you need and then even fighting that idea that freedom is is a bad thing like not having a schedule is a bad thing you have to fight yeah. back against those ideas that were put into you as you as you were in school and growing up because this is what was right this is what was productive and it it really takes some re-education of what productivity can look like. And I love that my kids are getting that now. They're not, they're not getting strapped down um, by these ideas of what work should be or has to be, or what productivity has to look like, or what learning has to look like. They are really free to, to discover all of this on their own. And you, you read a lot about unschoolers, moving into entrepreneurial paths and it's almost like (laughs) you're not training them for it because you're not doing anything more than giving them a chance to discover it for themselves but there's certain amount of 
as an adult of unlearning you have to do to get there. So, so true. So good. And I think the thing is, like, most of us did grow up with parents, cool parents like you, Ashley, who let their children, you know, really enjoy the learning process and instill that into them. Not all parents have, of course, like the luxury of being or even having homeschooling as an option. Obviously, you know, COVID and remote work has brought so many opportunities to parents to be able to to do that and to be home with their kids. But yeah, I think the unlearning process is something we all go through. I'm curious, like, what did your parents do, Ashley? Like, where does this, you know, entrepreneurial freedom streak come from? Um, well, my, my mom did the whole stay-at-home mom thing for a while and then worked at the school. <laughs> And my dad worked for the railroad. And so I'm, they worked very traditional jobs, but they were always open to me exploring things on my own. And I don't feel like I had a lot of restrictions as a child. I don't know if they tried to put them on me and I just did not take to them. You just ignored them. (laughs) And they finally just gave up. (laughs) Um, but they, uh, I, I don't know, I feel like my parents have always like trusted me to yeah. do what I feel is right for me. And that's helped with confidence kind of moving into this space and then my own parenting journey, unschooling journey, all of that is just a, a certain, I, I trust myself too now to make those choices. Yeah, I think that's a really beautiful thing to pass on to your kids that trust in them that you know, you trust they will figure it out and find their own way of doing things, even if it looks differently than yours. I just know at least one of your boys is going to end up doing something totally, totally different, totally out there. One of them is going to be an entrepreneur at least for sure. (laughs) I I hope they find whatever makes them happy. But yeah, it is. It's hard. It's hard as a parent to not put your ideas of what success is on your kids, your ideas of what you'd like them to be. I think every parent encounters that a little bit. You have a baby and you think about all the possibilities and then you realize that they ultimately get to make these decisions and that trying to steer them one way or the other is really not what they need. They just need to know the options they need to know the possibilities and and I feel like child-led learning is is one of the best routes to opening those doors for them yeah I love that (laughs) so and I think we're all kind of unlearning as adults you know whether it came from our parents or just like society and cultural conditioning in general those external ideas of success versus you know what we personally want and our own definition of success because that's often different than you know a lot of us entrepreneurs have decided that our our version of success doesn't maybe look like the traditional model I know I left that behind like I originally planned on going to med school and now I'm a copywriter that is totally a complete 180 as you can imagine my parents were thrilled with this (laughs) with this development when I told my mom I was like so I'm not going to med school and I'm going to be a writer yeah that was a that was a moment, but I love seeing you kind of pass that on to your own kids as well. And just the lifestyle you've been able to give them, I think, is such a great example. You guys are on the road a lot of the time. I know you're stationary at the moment, but you have been running your business while traveling around as well, which I think is such a cool experience for them and for all of you. Yes, my husband and I love to travel. And, you know, you have kids and you kind of feel like you're tied down a little bit 
but being able to move into this remote work and being able to retire my husband and have him gain that, um, that freedom and flexibility, uh, we were able to take off and travel around the United States. We, we sold our house, we got an RV and we did two years of full-time RV living. Uh, we spent a month in Hawaii. It's been, it's, it's been wild and unreal to be able to have these experiences and share them with the kids, see things that I uh, see parts of the country that I've never seen with my own eyes and just, Oh, it's, it's the best feeling. <laughs> You're living the dream. And I think it's doubly cool because you made this happen. Like you made this happen for your family. You're the reason your husband's able to stay home with the kids. You're the reason your kids are able to have that experience and, you know, have this different education and learn so many fun things. So uh, I just, I just love it for you and your family, Ashley. It just makes me so happy, you know, seeing you guys live this incredible life. And I heard that, you know, you travel so much around the U.S., but I've heard that you're going to be going international next year. I'm so excited. We are going to the U.K. and Ireland. Uh, we're going to do two weeks in Scotland. Uh, and then a month in England, Wales, and Ireland, um, Airbnb, our way around. And, uh, and I'm, I'm so excited. I'm going to be like playing the Pride and Prejudice soundtrack in my head the entire time that we're there. <laughs> and I'm going to walk the moors. And just, yes, I love being able to do that slow travel style um, because of the whole like not liking rigid schedules and trying to plan like two weeks to do all of the stuff we're going to do in three and a half months would just stress me out and we wouldn't enjoy it. And you never know what mood the kids are going to be in and you want it to be a happy experience for everybody. And so knowing that we, we have that time freedom to explore these places and take our time and get to know them as much as you can in a month. I, that's, that's the best part. I wouldn't want to travel any other way. I've gotten spoiled. Like, I wouldn't be able to do like a one week, two week vacation with a corporate business uh, job anymore. Oh, yeah, me too. It's hard to go back to what I think like, you know, I have friends that they get that 10 days of vacation a year and I'm the same as you. I love the slow travel. I'd rather kind of immerse myself for like a month or two months at a time than a week and being on the move all the time for all the reasons you just said. It's such a privilege, but you know, even if you haven't done it before, if you're not a traveler, I think every entrepreneur should at least give it a go once. Try running your business somewhere else, just stationary. You don't have to move around all the time. Um, you don't have to commit to going full nomad, but I think just, you know, really staying put in some place that is not your home country or home state. If you want to, you know, if you want to stay in the U S just somewhere different, I think it's always worth, worth trying because we're so lucky to have that, that extra privilege. It was definitely, there was a learning curve there at first when we did the RV thing. And oh it's yeah. Like we're, we are full-time RV living and you get to a new place and you would have this like feeling of, we have to do all the things and you have to learn to get out of vacation mode. <laughs> like you enjoy your time and look around and go do some of the like more touristy things. You make time for that, but 
but when it is your lifestyle, it's definitely a, a different mindset you have to adopt to, um, to be able to like find that balance of work and downtime and um, exploring a place, leaving yourself time to explore a place and still get everything done. It, it, it's its own type of, a, of experience and work to figure out. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I went through the same thing. I like to think of it as switching between like tourist, like vacation mode and full on travel yeah. or even like expat mode. Even if you're there for like a month, think about what it would be like if you were just living and like going about your daily life, you know, going to the market, going to the grocery store. One of my favorite things to do when I land a new country is go to like the local convenience store and just go to the snack aisle and see what kind of cool snacks they have, stock up on all the stuff to bring back to my apartment and then just like learn to chill out a little bit, which is easier said than done. But I think it's it's a really different way of experiencing travel. Um, and I would, yeah, I would so recommend it if you haven't already done that with your business. And yeah, get all the snacks. That is <laughs> all the snacks. <laughs> yeah, that's to go to. I grab like if it's in Europe somewhere, like a cheap bottle of convenience store wine and like a couple of packs of cookies, chocolate bars, and we're we're good to go. <laughs> I would love to know, actually, like looking back to you, like, you know, two, three years ago, just starting out in this business and this lifestyle, what do you wish you had known back then? Oh, wow. Um, you know, that just how much opportunity is out here in the world, in, in this marketing world. I think anytime you're starting something new, there's a lot of fear and, um, and some scarcity mindset to overcome. And I, I had a great teacher that course did a lot of mindset work and thank goodness, because I did not come into this feeling like it was a hundred percent. I'm going to be successful. It was very much an experiment, but it was one that I thought was worth the time and worth the investment. And just knowing now how far I've made it, I would have never mm -hmm. thought that back then. And it's just keeping open to the possibilities that that this is a real thing. It, it always sounds so scammy. You see those ads for these things? Make money from home. Work from your laptop. Yeah. Yeah. Like I make thousands of dollars traveling the world. And you're like, yeah, okay. And then you do it. And you're like, oh. Oh, it is real. I know. I, I thought the same thing. It's, it's too funny. We all, I think a lot of us started this journey by Googling like jobs you can do from home, work from home, work online jobs, work remotely. And it's incredible to see so many people make it their reality because it does seem like a far-fetched thing. And I think even, you know, like a decade ago, of course, people have been doing the, the digital nomad thing for longer than that. But I think just in recent years, like the number of people that are able to do this, it's it's really incredible. And yeah, I think it, that's why it's so important to share these stories because, you know, the more people hear it, the more they're like, oh, I can do that too. Yes. Yeah. It's really not such a far off dream as you would yeah. maybe think it is when you first get started. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You could, this could be you, you know, going to the UK for months, taking your family in tow, retiring your husband. <laughs> Ashley has done it and you can too. <laughs> that's right. I want you to do it. <laughs> the more the merrier for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and speaking of new possibilities, new adventures, you are adding something totally new to your business and you're branching into the e-com world yourself, not just with your clients, but you know, your own business. You're starting 
is it totally new separate business that you've got going on? Like, tell us about that. Yes. Yeah. So I have started a completely new business, did the whole new LLC and everything. And I am uh, looking at opening up a couple of e-commerce channels. Uh, That's what I do mostly in marketing. I do email marketing for e-commerce brands. And it is amazing to take that skill and everything I've learned and get to apply it to something that is just mine. I've realized recently, I don't really like having to sell myself as a copywriter, as a marketer. I'm I'm like, it's just hard. But I love selling good products. I love working with my clients who have really good products. And I want to create those. I want to really dig into the branding and my own customer avatars and find my people in the e-commerce world that um that I can sell to and make them happy, give them something of value, give them something they're going to love and entertain them with the great marketing that can go with that. So I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm so excited for you. So how is a bid to building a second business alongside your first one? Like, how are you juggling two at once? And then how has it been different building a product-based business from your copywriting business? I've definitely had to learn some new things. While I feel like I have a decent handling on the marketing, there's all the product sourcing that is brand new. And it's been challenging, but also really exciting to dig into something that that I don't know a lot about and figure it out and uh, have I have some good guides for that. I, I bought another course. <laughs> helping with the e-commerce side of things. You're a very well-educated lady. I really like my courses. I love a good course too. Right. And when it's a good one and they're really, they really dig into it with you, you can learn so much. And so it, it has been tricky balancing the two. My copy work has not been a lot lately. And so I've had this extra time where I haven't had a ton of client work to do that I've really been able to dig into the e-commerce stores. And my husband is also like kind of partnering with me in that area. He's doing a lot of the product sourcing. Uh, We're about to be reaching out to suppliers. And it's, that's been a blast too, getting to really work with my husband on something together. Cause he has always been super supportive of the copywriting, but it's been my thing. He doesn't really have an interest in it. And he's been doing the kid thing and doing a great job. But now it's the e-commerce stores feels more like a joint venture. And it's just, it's different and the same. (laughs) It's a new business. And I've done this. I've done a new business before. I've started a business before, but there, there's definitely new things. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. There's something to be said, I think, for jumping just headfirst into a new a new venture or a new project that you just know absolutely nothing about. And you're like, but I'm going to figure it out. Like I can, can hear the enthusiasm. I have absolute faith that you will 100% figure this out. And I think it's going to be a really fun process to, you know, to learn as you go. I think that's an underrated way to build a business is just make it up as you go. Yeah, I mean, it- I mean, we all have to start somewhere. And, and I think that, yeah, that entrepreneurial bug, once it bites, it keeps on biting again. And you just really (laughs) 
doing this one business, bringing this one business from nothing to where it is now, it being successful, it really does give you the confidence to do it again. You're like, yeah. hey, I, I know what I need to do. I know the steps. And I also know that if I don't know something, there are tons of resources out there for me to learn it. And it makes everything feel more achievable. It's taking that first step that's the hardest. That first step into copywriting was hard. Making the decision to launch more businesses. I have so many ideas now. <laughs> it's, it's just easy. It's like, well, of course. Of course I'm going to do this now. It's a no-brainer. Yeah. I love that. Once you do take that first step, I think you're right. The possibilities are endless. I think most of us almost struggle with too many ideas more than more than no ideas. It's like, how do you pick which one to move forward with? I would love to know how you, because I know you and I know you're full of ideas all the time. How did you know the pursuing the product-based business and going the e-com route? How did you know that was like something you were ready to fully commit to and pursue? Like, how was this the right time? How do you know? I think it was landing on the right idea is, um, is what really sparked it past just that point of brainstorming. I've, I've been wanting to experiment with e-commerce for a while, but I was always like, what am I going to sell? Like, I <laughs> let's open a store, but what am I going to sell? And so I was inspired by a lot of my own purchases. I'm a bit of a dork. And, um, and I love like all the fantasy fandoms. Give me some Lord of the Rings. I love it. And I buy some things that are very like fantasy branded. There's a candle company I love called mythology that is just the most fun branding they have a lord of the rings candle collection and i'm like i need it and and i buy coffee from a place called geek grind that is just excellent coffee like i'm 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 a bit of a coffee snob now i was late to the coffee game but i drink it now it is it is life and their coffee is excellent but it is also like dungeons and dragons branded and it totally sucked me in. And I was like, I want to do that. I want to speak to these people who are like me and um, and provide them with these fandom inspired products. And so uh, my brand is going to be Geeky Garden Gifts because alliteration is amazing. <laughs> and I'm just I, I get to do a little bit of design. I get to combine some uh, passions of mine with the um the gardening and the geekiness and just put it all together and create something that people would just be excited to find. And it was that, it was that spark. It was that like coming together of the idea for branding and a great product idea. I've got a few flagship products that we're working on now that I can't wait to launch once we get them all sourced and settled. And it's just exciting. <laughs> I can't, I can't not do it at this point. <laughs> I think that's a good feeling when you can't not do it. You're like, no, this is it. Like, I've got to do this and, and see where it takes me. You have once, a once again gone very niche with your <laughs> with your product. Like, not just geeky, you know, fan of items, but geeky garden tools specifically. I am also a huge fandom and fantasy nerd, so I'm very excited for this. And I know I'm not the only one, so I am sure it's all going to pay off for you. And I can't wait. So, Ashley, where can people follow along if they, if they want to stay in the loop, both with the garden tools and the new e-commerce shop or just check you out online in general where is the best place to find you i do have the bare bones of a website for the e-commerce up it is geekygardengifts.com 
right now there's not much on it, but that's where updates will be. If you want to follow along, if you want, if you need some like Lord of the Rings inspired gardening items, stay tuned. <laughs> if you need that in your life. I know, right? Who doesn't need that? And then I am also on Instagram. Uh, my copywriting business is a crow writes with the underscores. And that's where you can follow me there. I also occasionally post some travel stuff. And uh, that's where new offers go up. Right now I'm doing a VIP week offer that is in the final stages of launching that I'm pretty excited for. And yeah, that's where you can keep up with me. We will make sure to link to all of those in the show notes. But before we go, I want to wrap up with our savor and celebrate bonus round. Are you ready for this, Ashley? Yes. <laughs> Let me get serious. <laughs> all right. Yes. Get serious. Get ready. Okay. What is something you are savoring right now? The stage of parenting that I'm in. My littlest one just turned four. And we are officially like out of toddler stage forever. Yes. Celebration. Yeah, right. Like it's, it's a whole new world, man. There's time for like hobbies and things. And I'm just like, really like enjoying having uh, these big kids and, and the conversations we get to have. It's yes, I savor those. <laughs> yeah. So good. So good. Okay. And then what is your favorite way to celebrate an accomplishment? You know what? You said wine and cookies earlier, and that pretty much sums it up. <laughs> that's a that's a good go-to. Right? When you said that, I was like, that's what I would do. <laughs> I do. I honestly, I celebrate with cookies all the time. And I'm, I'm like a toddler in that I will reward myself for doing a task I don't want to do by giving myself cookies. But it's also a good way to celebrate. Yes, it's such a good way to celebrate. Yeah, I mean, I don't have to have something to celebrate to eat a cookie, but if I do want True. to celebrate, I want a cookie. I celebrate, <laughs> I must say, every other day. I at least sometimes every day. <laughs> okay, and then lastly, what is a win you've celebrated recently? You know, just the there's been there's been a few, but they all seem like little wins, but we should celebrate that too, right? No, it's a, yeah, I want a little win. Give me the smallest win. We are all for, you know, big and small wins. I've been going into this e-commerce venture and and that has been worth celebrating, definitely. It's just barreling forward <laughs> with that. Getting that website up, even though there's not much on it right now, yeah. like that was a huge step and a and a commitment that uh that makes it seem more real. So yes, that would be that would be one of the big wins. Okay. I was gonna say if you're about to define launching a second business as a small win, then we need to have a conversation. <laughs> but but that's fine. I will I will accept your answer. Uh, and if you are listening to this episode and you want to get in on the celebration party, head to look in show notes to sign up for the Saber and Celebrate newsletter. So you get a weekly reminder to enjoy the journey, celebrate the wins, both big and small, whether you are launching a second business or just enjoying that your kids are no longer toddlers and enjoying this stage of the journey this newsletter is you know the best way to stay in touch with all things podcast related and also so you're in the loop of when we're running fun giveaways and promotions which you know i love a good giveaway oh yes <laughs> you, give the, you give fabulous giveaways 
Oh, well, thank you, Ashley. We have lots of fun giveaways coming up this fall, actually. So stay tuned on that. But for now, head to the show notes to find the info on the newsletter and all of Ashley's links as well. I'll make sure to link to the course and any other resources mentioned so you can find those there. But Ashley, thank you so much for joining me. This was so lovely. Congratulations on your first podcast interview. You did wonderful. Everyone, please go find Ashley and tell her how wonderful she was. (laughs) This is one area where that confidence has not traveled over. So if you want to tell me that I did okay, please let me know. Please go give her some validation. <laughs> no, Ashley, you were you are fantastic. So thank you so much for joining me, for sharing your time and your story with all of us. Thank you. This was a blast. Hey, Trailblazer, thank you so much for listening to the show. If you found this episode helpful, would you do me a favor and help spread the word? Share it with a friend, tell your mastermind group, take a screenshot and post it on stories. I'm at copy by Meg on Instagram. If you want to tag me or just come say hi, I would love to hear from you. Until next time, remember, fortune favors the bold, but success favors the stubborn. Keep going, girl. You got this.